Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ilah, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Another edition of Ozzy Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and everything in between. My name is Ruven Spolter. I am the director of the Rimonim Teacher Training Program at the Herzog Academic College in Israel, and the Shorashim representative for English-speaking countries at Irgun Rabbanit Sohar. I'm also the founder and director of Kita. Classes begin this Monday. So uh, if you know a family or a child looking for a religious Jewish enrichment and the Jewish learning, Give me a call. I'm here with Rav Johnny Solomon. Hello, Rav Johnny Solomon. How are you? Hello, I'm very, very well. Ah, the dulcet tones of Rav Johnny. I'm already calm. <laughs> Rav Johnny Solomon is a teacher at Midrashat Lindebaum, MTVA, and Matan. He's an editor at Mosaic Press, a virtual rabbi. That, how do you feel when they call you, when you call yourself a virtual rabbi? It's like, does that mean like you're not there? You're like, it's like a, it's like a, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea of virtual rabbi means you're not real and like you talk to your computer. What is it? That's what my kids say. And I say, no, it means that I have a virtual community, but I'm a, I'm a real va- rabbi for a virtual community. So I think we like he's of... a real rabbi. Johnny's a real rabbi for a virtual community. <laughs> he's not a CGI a gl- rabbi. Exactly. exactly. He's like a global, you know, like they have those movies about how like this guy fell in love with this operating system. Yeah, I saw that movie on the airplane once. It's called Simone, <laughs> Sim 1. I remember it. Interesting. Maybe that's so not the same is, one. Yeah. So then, really, the question really is: Is Rav Johnny real? I mean, just because he's like, or, <laughs> nobody will know question. except for us. <laughs> okay. Beyond this, Rav Johnny writes. So he is a virtual rabbi, an independent Jewish education <laughs> consultant, and he writes. He or his operating system writes a daily thought on Daf Yomi. <laughs> and serves as a local post to his shul and Evan Well, we're here with her Rabbi Malibraski. Hello, Rabbi Malibraski. Hello. Hi, hello. Okay, she is a clinical social worker with a private practice in Gush Etzion. For the current year, she's also serving as a field advisor for YU's Words Wireless School of Social Work in Israel. Behatzlacha. Thank you. We are on the precipice of Selichot. And I, I, will, I will start by giving my, my own little confession. So for me, like I grew up in yeshivot, and I grew up like a classical way, and slichot was something that I always did. I was also a minion person, so I never really thought much about it. But truth be told, like I have to be honest and say that in the Ashkenazi world, I cannot say I found slichot very meaningful, except, except the reason I found it meaningful was for two reasons. Reason number one is it's like an endurance test. Meaning you start on... Johnny's laughing. That's so I, Ashkenazi. What? Is it? It's really Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi and like Puritan ethic. Go ahead. Right. It's, I think it's like Ashkenazi and American. You know what I'm saying? It's like, did I make it to the end? You know, and if I, if I felt like if I really was able to like put in my time and do all the slichos from the beginning to the end without missing, then it's like, okay, I'm ready for you. I deserve, like, maybe I deserve, a, like, you know, a slicha mechila, maybe. That's number one. And then the other thing, of course, is when you came to Ne'ilah, like, if you've done slichot, obviously, then you understand Ne'ilah, because all Ne'ilah is is a shortened version of all the slichot. It's like, we said all the malachi rachamim and all, like, and then, like, at, at Ne'ilah, it's like, 
well, I spent all this time saying these things, all these pizmonim, and now, like, God, I don't have time anymore. I just got to say one line from each one, and, and you know, and, and the Yud Gimomido. Those are the only two real benefits I saw from Silichot. And uh, if our listeners have comments, I'm happy to, to hear, hear your responses and your reactions to Silichot. But as time has gone along, and I guess over the past few years where I live in Yad Binyamin, so our minion says Silichot in a good 25-minute maximum. I mean, maximum. That's how long it takes us to get through Slichot. And it's just feeling more and more like a, like a race to try to get through the Slichot and try to say something like the words, most of which have very little meaning to it. Most are like, they're, they're, they're like keynote on steroids. And so what we've seen, I don't think it's just me that feels this, this way. We've seen an, an ever-growing phenomenon of the, in, in the, the encroaching of, I would say, kumzitz culture on Slichot. So now in Israel, it's very popular You'll, on Saturday night. So they'll basically turn, turn Slichot into some kind of Karabakh concert. You know, to, and then people sing, and you, you know, Yitzchak Meir, if they'll allow him because of COVID, etc., etc. So we thought what we would do today is sort of share some ideas or thoughts on Slichot, and each of us could share some of the tunes that, they, that resonate specifically with them, and perhaps address this issue of of can slichot be made more meaningful, and what are ways to address this challenging problem? So I'll start with Rav Johnny. Rav Johnny, if you would share some of your slichot thoughts, how you relate to slichot. Obviously, you're a Sephardic. Have you been saying it all month? Is it like a month-month thing? And you did you? So I, I'm I'm Sephardic by birth. I grew up in Ashkenazic shul. So basically, different times I wear different hats. I've been to Sephardic slichot uh, quite a bit. Uh, Endeavoring not Wait, is always it like, so it, are, are you like Sephardi that like you say at twelve thirty at night and you every day you haven't so, missed? So in my neighborhood most are very 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 early. So I prefer later at night than very 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 early, just to do with my schedule. Uh, but we'll be starting the Ashkenazi Slichot this Motzei Shabbat, and because I'm involved in the Ashkenazi Minyan, I'll also, I'll be going to that once they start as well. It's complicated when you kind of have... Wait, so you've been doing Sfard when, when it works out, but it's like, it's like uh, whatever. Do, and now let me ask you this question. Do most Sfardim do Slichot religiously? Because I always thought to myself, oh my God, a month of Slichot. I don't think I can handle that. Yeah. So, That's a short, the short answer is Sfardim like Slichot. I've said this before, I think last year. We like it. We enjoy it. It's uplifting. It's meaningful. Again, I, I, if I don't make it, I feel bad, not because of guilt, but because it's a lift. It's a boost. Right, it's also not There's a guilt culture. About. <laughs> it's not about, like, Correct. I, my, Ashkenazic, um, my Ashkenazic upbringing makes me feel guilty for missing Slichot, and yours is encouraging right, but you. It's encouraging, and, 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 and the community is there whichever time you go, and, and of all different ages and stages, and it's... Uh, it, it's uh, participatory meaning it's not just a chazan it's a whole community and that singing together very much resonates uh, i know mali shared with us and uh, i also shared a couple of days ago how uh, one of our chayalim is, is fighting for his life uh, and what did am israel do what you know what was a gesture of people who did know who do know him or don't know him they went to the hospital soccer hospital and they're there outside late at night singing the slichot now, most of the people didn't have a book of Slichot because it's part of the culture to know those words. Now, that's about Sephardic Slichot, but I think we're, because we're Likrat, the beginning of the Ashkenazi Slichot cycle, my job here is to reflect on that, again, which I'm experienced in and, and familiar of. And um, uh, as you say, the, the, the very words of the Ashkenazi Slichot are, are, are different, are other than the Yud Gilmani Dot and, and some other similarities but there are many that which differ certainly the tunes differ and what's interesting is although lots of efforts are made to do explanatory kinot far far fewer efforts are made to do explanatory slichot and, and well, well there's a really there's an easy would, reason for that what do you think it is on 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 tisha b'av you are captive lots of time when you're right and you have nothing to do so there everybody's happy to sit there and listen to an explanation as opposed to but on during the rest of the week, the problem that reigns is you got to go to work and you're rushed or it's Nahon, late at night. But, but a person, ultimately, you mentioned how in Yabinyamin the slichot is a little bit shorter. There are some people who skip different uh, slichot, certainly in Ashkenazi communities when they have limited time. 
Uh, we had uh, Rabbi Grinstein here last week, and, and we had a fairly open conversation about the length of tefillah, and without making comment on those particular conclusions, I think there would be value in, in adding some, you know, even sometimes a minute of explanation will make a difference. So let me give you one simple example, right? One literally almost pshat example of what that means. You know, central to Slichot, both Asfadik and Ashkenazik, are the Yud Gimel Midot, right? Yud Midot Shel Rachamim, Hashem Hashem, Kel Rachum V'Chanun. And we all sing it, and, and actually it speaks to us more than most because they're familiar, the words are relatively simple, we understand, at least many of us understand what they mean. However, what many people don't realize is where is that where are those psukim from, and why do we say them in Slichot? And the Gman Rosh Hashanah basically says, Kodesh uh, turned to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, if you say these midot, basically I will forgive you. But actually it doesn't say that word. Ya'asu does not mean say, it means do. Really the Yugimel midot are a reminder of uh, ideal behavior during Slichot. Some people think that Slichot is just about saying words. But as Al-Sheikh explains on those Psukim, what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves of how we should be. And that should then be channeled in everything that we do, not just in Elul, but also throughout the rest of the year. Slichot are about you know, an internal talking to, just as a Shofar is an, uh, an external waking up, um, to saying to ourselves how we can be better and how we can improve. And if we took just a moment before we got to uh, those psukim as we sing them, and we said to ourselves, this isn't just about saying words, it's about reminding ourselves of uh, God's expectations on us and our expectations of ourselves, I think that could be transformative. So uh, there's not, I don't think there's been sufficient slichot education. We spoke about education last time. I think some tunes are very, very moving. I'm happy to speak about my select one, uh, you know, after we pass on the mic to, to Mali. But, but slichot do carry great theological weight uh, and convey deep, profound messages. And really our task is to put some time into making sense of them so that the act of staying up late at night or getting up early in the morning is enriching and meaningful. Mali. Okay, so I, I just yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, uh, you, you wear the uh, the I guess the women's hat in this <laughs> yeah. uh, podcast. Okay, uh, did you grow up with slichot? Did you do you slay slichot or like you know like you, you know? I'm, I'm just curious what your experience in slichot yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. So uh, um, my experience of slichot growing up was very similar to yours. Um, you know, uh, much more of a rote thing, and I, you know, you, uh, you know, I'm a good girl, so I would go the the first one and the last one, and not the, the you know the last one. When is the last one? Not Arab Rosh Hashanah, but the one before Rosh Hashanah, right? You want Arab Yom Kippur? I don't know. Meaning, I didn't <laughs> go every night, and then I came to Israel for the year, and then I would again. I tried to be a good girl, so I would say them in the morning. But that's neither here nor there. I, I, for now, I want to talk about how I relate to Slichot nowadays. Um, and I, the way I want to do it is by addressing um, something that you kind of, when you were introduced, your relationship to Slichot, you, you kind of sort of framed the Israeli experience in a um, particular way. And I, I'd like to frame it differently, right? You were kind of like, well, people don't, you know, it's Israel, and people don't have the patience, so they turn it into a coincidence. Um, I, I, don't, I don't relate at all. I don't to, know if I say they don't appreciate it. I say what's meaningful to them is right. common singing. So therefore, that ter- meaning you, you, like basically everything is a kumzitz. You know, if okay, I like Abdallah, I want to turn that into a kumzitz. And I want a spiritual experience. I want a spiritual experience to turn that into a kumzitz. It's right, like, you know, but, uh, but I want to... The only thing again, they know how to do to make Kabbalah Shabbat meaningful is it turns it into kumzitz. Okay, but again, okay, so we could have... Uh, what I think is the even that very phrase, turning it into a kumzitz, which I've seen bandied around social media, like, what's this kumzitz phenomenon? Even Tishabab is a kumzitz. I think is missing... It, it, it's, it's kind of derogatory... Um, it's, it's, it's kind of you know, like looking down on it, and I think it's missing a, a sociological reality, which is kind of relevant to our podcast. It's missing an, is a, a very important um, understanding of Israeli society. It's not like um, 
oh, people don't know what the words mean, so singing is more fun than that, which that phenomenon exists as well, right? We're like, okay, tefillah's not fun, so let's add some more singing. You could you have that in a lot of, let's say, American high schools or even Israeli seminaries. Like, okay, people are bored, let's let them sing. Singing is more fun. Um, that's that's how I hear, let's turn it into a kumzitz. Um, and I, but I don't think that's what's going on in Israel. I think that you can... Well, not, at, by the way, it's not what I said. I think I'll sometimes. It's not what I said. Okay, the Seder. But I, I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I'd like to frame it differently. It could be that's not what you said. I'm saying something that I think is really important in terms of understanding this singing and kumzitz phenomenon, right? Where Soloveitchik talks about, um, when he talks about mitzvot, so he has a line in one of his very famous essays where he says, um, to pray in order to dance and sing, no. To sing, I don't remember exactly the line I'm paraphrasing now, but to sing as an outcome of your prayer, yes. And I, he's talking about a fundamentally secular experience versus a fundamentally religious experience. And I think that that's such a good example because there is a phenomenon where people just want to sing. And they're using Kabbalah Shabbat, or they're using Kukumzit, so they're using something like that. And that's, it's a nice experience, and it might even have religious overtones, but it's a fundamentally secular experience. However, I think there's something else going on, and I think that this is where the phenomenon of slichot was born. And I, if I'm not wrong, I think the whole singing slichot, even the Yitzhak Meir, which is now, as you, as you say, he like travels around and goes to like shuls all over the country at this point, I think it was actually born in Medellos. And I, I believe, somebody has to check the um, history and sociology of it, but I think that what was born in Migdalos was a much more organic, actual, spiritual experience. Meaning, it wasn't like, oh, um, let's give the girls some singing so that it'll be more fun for them to do slichot. I think that because Migdalos has a culture of music as the language of the soul and the language of spirituality, they created a, a, um, a tekes, a ritual around slichot that incorporated singing. It became so fabulously powerful and so um, moving and so spiritually moving that it drew people from, it drew other seminaries from all over the country. Other seminaries then started doing it in their own seminaries. It drew um, not just Bogro, not just alumni of, of, of these madras show. It drew mothers, it drew women from everywhere until Medellos has reached a point where like you have to sign up because, I mean, this is all pre-COVID, but they, because they physically can't, there isn't enough space in the Beit Midrash. And we're talking about Slichot that the singing starts. Slichot start at midnight. And I think they might even start with a Sicha at midnight. Slichot start at 12.30. The singing maybe starts at 1.30 or 2. And for the students, it goes on until, let's say, 3 or 4 in the morning. Um, and the girls are there because, they're, because they find it fundamentally, spiritually uplifting. Wait, and wait, wait. Can you go back for a second? I just have to interrupt you for a second. Slichot start at 12.30. What are they doing from 12.30 to 1.30? They're saying slichot. And okay, and so the, I, yes. So then, so, one second, then uh, okay. the singing is one not second. slichot. No, no, the no, no. singing, so, so, and by the way, I don't, the singing is not slichot. No, the no, no. So I, I, I actually asked my daughter about that because this is my daughter is now going into her third year at McDellos. I have, I think I went once because I am not a two o'clock in the morning person. So, you know, I went and it was so beautiful. Like, oh, this is so amazing. I'm going to go every night and I'm going to go every year. But then, you know, it's, 11. I'm like, am I really going to McDonald's now? And I haven't done it. I'm, my goal is to get there again. Um, but because I don't, didn't remember, I asked her. So I asked her, how does it go? So there are some things they sing, right? They sing um, you know, certain phrases, Hanasham Alach, they sing. Um, when, you, when you get to the Yudgim Omidot, obviously they sing Shema uh, Koleinu, you know, the, the, all the psukim before the Vidoy. So mm -hmm. there, there is an opportunity for singing, obviously. Um, um, which is going to be my choice for my favorite tune for this year. They sing, um, right? There are places to sing there. So they do sing during the slichot, but then once the slichot are over, then they just keep singing. Um, I, 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 won't, I wouldn't even just call them Shirei Neshama. They sing Elul songs, right? They sing Yamim No Ra'im songs. And, they, and, and again, I think it is deeply, it's, it's so powerful. It's so moving. It's so spiritual. Did, Johnny, were you the one who, who um, I think you did, you sent a Facebook post, which maybe you should link, about, about yeah, a male right. who went to McDallow's and said he was like so moved and carried away. And it was the first time as a male that he understood the experience of like he was the follower because the, the women were the leaders, right? The, 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 mm -hmm. the students were kind of just kind of, he was swept along on their, their spiritual wave. Um, 
And, and again, I, what I want to say is, I think this is an Israeli phenomenon. This is the whole phenomenon of music as a connection to God. I want to also say that it's a much more joyous relationship to God, I think, than Galut. And maybe it even needs a little bit of Izun. You know, like um, there's also Yira and also Ava, and like in Israel we have this Hashem loves us and we love Hashem. And I actually think it's good. And maybe Israelis don't need enough Yira because we have enough reminders, right? We don't. We, as Johnny pointed out, all of Klal Yisrael's out there um, saying slichot for a soldier. We we have enough reminders of Yira, um, but there's just this overwhelming sense in Israel. I think post, you know, whatever you want to call this, Itchata Degeula, like. Hashem, you love us, we love you, and like, Yamim Noraim is just an opportunity to like, cement that loving relationship. And that doesn't mean that there isn't room for tshuva, but I think that it's just a happier experience. I'll, I'll say one more thing, uh, Ruby, and then I'll, I'll close up. that I think like, I go every year to Davin in Yeshivat Haaretziah. That's like been the place I Davin for the past 20 years. And because I love the atmosphere and because I love the singing, even Yeshivat Aretzion is sort of passe at this point. Too slow, too mournful, too heavy. You go to the younger Yeshivot Hezder, they're like rocking and dancing through their tefillot, through their slichot and through their tefillot. Now again, there, there, there is a double-edged sword. I do think that, that there's place for like, again, Yerat HaRamamut, Yerat HaChet, but I think that it's a reflection of, of a, something very beautiful and very powerful and very positive. So um, well, let's take a break, and because uh, I want to respond to you, and I'll respond to you right after this. This episode of RZ Weekly is brought to you by Kita for Home Plus. We all know families whose children are not studying in formal Jewish education for any number of reasons. Could be COVID, could be the school wasn't right for them, could be financial but they still are looking for a meaningful Jewish learning solution for their children. That's why we created Kitaf for Home Plus. Kitaf for Home Plus is modeled after the world-famous Khan Academy using flipped learning, YouTube videos, and Google Forms to allow children to learn classic Judaic subjects, Mishnah, Chumash, and Gemara, on their own time, on their own schedule, in a way that's exciting and meaningful for them to learn. We're starting a new semester of Kitab for Home called Kitab for Home Plus, in which children will learn three courses, Mishnah, Chumash, and Gemara, each week, plus have a Zoom lesson to meet with the teacher, that would be me, as well as interact with other students in the class. Kitab for Home lessons are designed for students in middle school from grades five through grades eight, and focus on basic skills, decoding of text, understanding of Shorashim, critical skills that children need that serve as a foundation for Jewish learning throughout their lives. To learn more, log on to kita.org slash home plus. That's kita, K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G slash home plus. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back. Uh, so Molly, I just want to, I, I feel like what you said, it only reinforced everything that I've said. Which, and it's not a criticism at all. It's really, I'm not critical of this movement per se. I mean, I, what I get out of it, maybe it came out as critical, but what I get out of it, I get out of it. I, mean, I, I love passionate singing. I love singing. My children will tell you, like we sing all the time and I love the harmonies and I find it spiritual and maybe I don't have enough opportunities to do it in the context of the tefillot that I, that I, that I go to, I think. Honestly, I think there's far too far too few experiences that afford that. I mean, our, our communal tefillah, I just don't like, I don't like Karbach tefillah because it's so repetitive. Maybe I need to have, I need to find a group of people that I want to sing with. What you just said reminded me so much. I, so here's, I'm going to, I'm going to give my Hamlat Safar of the week. I was listening to this ch a different podcast called the Svarim Chatter podcast. Have you guys heard of the Svarim Chatter podcast? Johnny, you familiar? I've heard of it. Oh, oh great it. podcast. Yeah, I so I don't know who the guy is who runs the podcast. I'm not sure I should know. But a while back, and I, I downloaded it actually to listen to it, he had a woman on named Professor Nomi Seidman who wrote a biography of Sarah Schneer. And she was telling the story of Sarah Schneer. It's, by the way, very highly recommended to listen to. Fascinating story. I mean, I don't listen to every episode, but it's um, really fascinating. 
And she said, but she didn't like first get the permission of the Gedolim. She had this deep love for a Yiddishkeit and saw all of her contemporaries leaving Yiddishkeit. <laughs> In Professor Seidman's language, he said, what she did was she created music and song and dance and she gave the girls these, you know, this a permission to sing in a religious way. She actually used the word, she said, she, she created religious raves, in a sense. Like all the things that are natural to do in Beis Yaakov, to have a play, and to have a sing-along, and to have a whatever, was usher in Poland in the, early, in the late 20th, 19th century. It was just not, not even heard. People didn't like Sarah Schneer because they didn't want to see that like, girls weren't supposed to be heard. So, like, it just reminded me when you said this of, like, the girls think about this situation, and, and I'm not being critical, but it's not slichot. All it's 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 a it's a hundreds of girls who finished slichot, and now they're so singing together. Why are you together. ignoring the slichot? Why are you ignoring the, the, the forty-five minutes of slichot? It's a slichot. But it's, of course, it's a, wait. It's a, okay, I want to go back and, and push back again. You understand that. what I'm saying? Meaning, yes, yeah, they did slichot for an hour, hour, which is great. But then they stopped, and sing? now they're singing no, 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 to like Eladi Kiyatov, no. and I'm like, I think it's great. I'm not being critical. But why are those two not the same things? And meaning, I don't want to say it that way. Why are those two things not connected? And why are you assuming that they're again? I'm going to go back to the point before. If you're singing because you want to sing and feel good about yourself, and it's la la la, whatever, you know, you're just well, that's getting what a I'm high. That's but not what, what, I'm what I'm saying is when you what you kind of alluded to before, which is if you're listening to the words and you're using the tune and you're using. And this is, I think, something that Rabbi Gwenstein said last week. That's where the tune has to fit the words, right? If the tune is elevating the meaning of the words, if the tune is enabling you to have greater kavanah in your words, if the singing is, is giving you tefillah, then that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's, all, I think, what they're exactly. doing. Exactly. All I'm saying is they would, you would find it equally moving if, they, if you hadn't gone to the slichot at all. If you had come at 1.30 in the morning. No, then I would have missed the slichot part. I would have had a different spiritual experience. I would have had a nice little experience of singing. But you're right. I, I could have, would have still said it, but I missed saying slichot. Like what Johnny said so about what? the Yugimo Mita. But you so didn't find the slichot. That's my point. One second. You didn't, one find, second. You didn't find the Yugimo Mita. Mito, so the Mito. So you one talked about, and, and again. One second. I do find the Yugimo Mita. One second, one second. Wait, wait. I do find the Yugimo Mita meaningful. Um, and I wanted to add to that also because I thought I think Johnny said something very correct. I'll just add, for me, the Yugimo Mita are so powerful. Because of, Johnny said, you know, where they are in the Torah. But Yud Gilomidot is one of the most, like, like moving moments in, in Jewish history, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu has, like, decided to destroy Am Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu begs for Slicha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, fine. Moshe Rabbeinu says, let me see you. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is like, you can't, but I can show you my Midot. And, and as Johnny said, then you'll know how to be in the world. And that's why we remember that. Well, you're saying you give me Midot HaRachamim. You should be falling on your face, right? I, that's when you ask me how what my experience was as a, as a growing up. That is undisputable for me. You give me Midot HaRachamim to me is like you say it with a sense of like fear and trembling. Because you are describing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling you what his essence is. And if you think about each word, each one of those, Yudgimu Midot, right? And why do you say the first Hashem and the second Hashem, right? Why do you say Hashem Hashem? And again, read Allah Tshuva, you know, the idea of Kosh Baruch before the sin and after the sin. Uh, again, and then, it, Rachum, Chanuk, but what I'm saying is, all of these things. It's all I agree with so all powerful. I, I, I don't disagree with you that um, we need, maybe we need better slichot, right? Like, I hear the critique that, like, and again, I find, like, the stuff that, like, you know, the stuff that talks about our, our history, right? Misha Anahu, Yanenu, and Micha, and all that stuff, I find the video very powerful. I don't find the Putin powerful. The same way I don't find Eliezer Kalu's Putin powerful. So, on, you know, again, I'm a woman. So, on, you know, in the morning on Tishabub, I just choose the ones I want to say, and I choose the ones that I find powerful. I take, you know, I choose one Zion, I buy Yehuda Levi, and I, I, I'll say, Yishali Sufaba Eish, and I'll say, you know, whatever it is, the ones that I choose. So, I think that what you're saying, if, it, if I could distill it and agree with you, is and, and here maybe the side have an advantage because their slichot are much clearer and their yeah. tunes are much more accessible and and like every time and, I the see, tunes are essentially the are, are the slichot but no but it's like, not just that Kel Ad, right, uh, Adonis has slichot right which every child learns in this in this mm -hmm. from first grade or kindergarten it's beautiful when when you pass a shul, a shul and you hear Adonis slichot you just want to sing along and if you're listening to the words right what more do you need to say? 
Exactly, right? And it's they're 100%. so simple, and you should be joining. 100%. You should be facing Kaddish Baruch Hu as a child. So maybe we really should learn from the Sardin. And uh, yeah, I'll just close by saying Johnny talked about the the video of of saying the slichot outside of um, the Chayal's Soroka, outside please. of Soroka. Every year, all I need to see is like one video of of Sfardi slichot. It could be from the Kotel. It can be from a it's Stadion, Teddy, or we're in a place in Tel Aviv. And you hear Klal Yisrael saying those slichot, and they're usually Sfardi slichot, and it can move me to tears. Because the, 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 the feeling there is actually a, what I think slichot is meant to be. So you're right, maybe, maybe, maybe we are too esoteric, we Ashkenazim, um, and there's a real struggle, what, what do we do? And John, I'll, I'll push it, pull it to Johnny, because Johnny had said offline that Rabbi Sachs, has a project where he explains this lichot. That well, would be a good I'm idea. Be sh- I'm, I'm going to be sharing that in about half an hour after we record. I'm going to be putting it online. Uh, I've already put it together, so uh, I hope our listeners enjoy it. Feel free to check my Facebook feed on, on uh, what day is it? On Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, Johnny, share it also on the RZ Facebook feed. If you know how I said to do I'll that. do that as well. Yeah. But uh, what I want to, though, go back to Ruby's critique and, and give a different analysis. Again, no, I don't like... <laughs> no, 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 not even a critique, but set an observation. Because let's, um, let's kind of distill your observation. Your observation is, sounds like it, it's a fantastic Aviram Migdal Oz, but if the lift is from the singing after the Slichot, how can you necessarily attribute the singing to be as if they're slichot. So let's use an analogy. You know, if you look in a classic siddur or a bencher, there's a handful of songs we call sudat shlishit songs, songs relating to Shabbat. And yet I'm, I'm confident that the three of us, when we say we enjoyed the singing during sudat shlishit, which happened, whichever youth movement we've been in, whichever Shabbatonim, the singing that lifts us is often a half an hour or an hour after we moved on from the formalized songs in the bencher to when you're singing songs which have actually no relationship with Shabbos at all, songs coming from different parts of Tanakh. But there's something about the time of Sudat Shlishit such that even words which seemingly are slightly less related to what you're doing kind of capture the feeling of the moment and the power of the time. I believe that if young women or young men or older women or older men, it really doesn't matter. If they're up at 1.32 in the morning, having said the words of Slichot or some of the words of Slichot, and they're carried by the wave of that hour to wish to continue to sing to God, then those not formally necessarily those words being the words in the Slichot booklet or Sidur or Mach or whatever it would be, those are an extension of slichot, just as much as the singing that we do on Sudat Shlishit is an extension of those formal songs. They're coming as an expression of, I'm up late. I want to sing to you. And I want to sing to you in light of what I've said to you. And these words, often these are words from the liturgy of Roshana Yom Kippur, right? These are not completely random. They're not like Hinematov Manaim, right? These words, I, I, they come to me more naturally. And I want to attach them to the words I've just said, just as we often do in Sudat Shlishit. I think there's something profoundly, to use Mali's word, organic and exquisite. And, and it's part of the creativity that we see mostly here in terms of forming and forging new practices, not as if to be sotel the old, but to extend what's spoken to us for generations and to add more, to continue to speak to us in this generation. And there's something quite magical. If, if there are young people up at two in the morning singing to God, whatever we call it, whether it be the singing after the slichot or the singing of slichot, if you're doing that in Elul, it says so much about your burning soul. You're saying, God, I've run out of words. I know how to sing to you. And my singing is a way in which I can convey the deep feeling of love and perhaps even fear of of my relationship with you and our relationship with you. Uh, I'm taken and I'm inspired by that, though I accept that it is perhaps not quite formally still the words of Slichot, but if that were to be the case, one would also need to accept that many of the songs we sing on Sudat Shlishit, which don't have any reference to Shabbat, are not necessarily in the formal basis, Sudat Shlishit songs. Johnny, I think you said it so beautifully. I would take it even farther. I would have no problem doing the singing instead of the slichot. 
You know, what's the point of, what's the, you know, like, I, you, know, you obviously want to have a structure and whatever. It's not a dindu right there to say slichot. It's a nice minhag of Am Yisrael. I don't know how long it's, I mean, you could do a study and find out how long it's been going on. But the, the spiritual, you know, the connection in the Elul songs and the meaning is far more important than saying the words. By, by, by a lot. That, that, and that, that, in their sense, my frustration. Now, Niach, that's the case. But then, then I'm going to throw back a different example and say, you know, I could argue that the Shema and the Amidah speak to me more than Pesukei de Zimra, But I need Pesukei de Zimra. I say Pesukei de Zimra because they get me to where I need to go. It's, it's a spiritual, intellectual, emotional... You say all the Korbanot also? I go on you say all the Korbanot also? Yes, absolutely. I say the Korbanot every day. And I need that. So Some I have the ob- we had this discussion. I've had the opposite experience. Psuket Zimra takes me away from where I need to go because I'm all burnt out by the time I get to Shema. I've said a million psukim that mean nothing to me. And now you want me to focus and concentrate on Shema? Lastly, again, but then I, I'm going to put to you, what do you mean it means nothing? Actually, the psukim there are pretty clear. They're about our connection with God, with nature, with song, Everything with is words. clear, but we, 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 we live in a time of, of inflation. All we do is add and add and add this year on Malot and add that and add that. You know what happens when you take penicillin every day? You develop, you, you develop a resistance to it that it won't heal you. And we say, how can you say Shira Malot Mima Makim Kratich Hashem if you say it every day? Yeah, it doesn't I, mean anything. I, I agree with you. I think when you say something repetitively, it loses its meaning. And I, I have a lot of empathy for what you're saying. I would just be careful because I no, do... No, I'm not saying skip Kriyat Shema. I'm not saying... No, no, no. I'm saying choices. in terms of the slicha, right? I'm saying, and just in general, this question of, you know, how much do you hold on to the tradition and how much do you let go and how much do you change is such a delicate one. And... It needs to be done very slowly and very carefully. And so that's I'm think, telling you that a lot of people will find the singing more meaningful than the slichot, and they're they going will. to. And unless I, we find I, a way, unless we find a way of making slichot more meaningful, so maybe we should most shorten, people will not be saying the words of slichot. Shorten the form, the formal slichot. Say fewer meaningless pu team, um, but I wouldn't throw. Never be careful what you take out. Right? I think that's always important when it comes to halacha and the halachic system. When See, but everybody says that, spells, Molly. Everybody said that for hundreds of years. It just added and added and added. I, and I don't ever disagree asked. with you. I don't disagree so? with you. And it could also well, be everyone's be careful what you take out. Di- Nobody ever asked the opposite question. Be careful what you put in. I agree. I, I don't what disagree with what you're saying. Someone sent me a link actually today to Schneer Lyman's Schneer Lyman's Schneer on YU about the David Hashem Ori. And he said that Grove was again saying the David Hashem Ori was Hasidus. It's not our minog, like Gedolim. So that's a Hasidic, Misnadic um, thing. But it was never a minog to say the David Hashem Ori. Now it's permanently part of the, of the liturgy. You're 100% right. That's how that, that, you know, that thing, how do you know which is an older text and which is a newer text? The older text is the shorter text because no one ever takes anything out. That's like a rule. Right. In, right? So I don't disagree with you, but I will also tell you, look at um, streams of Judaism, which... You know, basically decided. Okay, we're, we're just gonna like disembowel the text and Come see on. how that, long like, they. You know, like the, the, no, that's not, why I'm, you have to understand what's Torah, what's Dindarabana, right. and what okay. we're just so adding. That's and adding what we come down. That's where we come to, back to the answer, right? You have to you have to have really astute halachic um, authorities or people who are very sensitive to um, um, both of these values. And you're right. I, I'm not. Not with you. And again, that's why I think the the sea change will happen in the yeshivot. And the and all the yeshivot are struggling with this, right? Like, how much do you put the ruach and how much do you keep the lambdas? Like, these are all the same questions. And everybody's struggling with getting the balance right. And it's a hard question. And if there were an easy formula, I, I think somebody would have found it. But I, I'd rather look at the glass half full and say, like, I'm glad we're inching towards the right direction. Okay, so we're going to turn, we, we decided each of us is going to share a tune that they find more meaningful in order to try to find some of this meaning in this Lichot that, and to share that. So let's start with uh, Mali. Mali, what's the, what's the tune that you said you were going to share? Because I didn't really understand. Okay. And uh, if, if you can find me recording and send it to me by the time, uh, by the time okay. I put this together, I'll add it. If not, Mali, okay. just, you'll it's, have to go to Migdalos and hear it. It's, it's Rahmana Da'ane. Da, da, maybe I'll find all the words. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a tune. It's just beautiful. It was recorded, I think, at Sama by like, um, hold on, let me see. There's a Yitzhak Meir version, but there's also a Hatizmore Ha'amamit. Sorry, I'm playing in the background here. I'm just trying to figure it out. I didn't mean to play it in the background. It's Barry Sakharov. And I don't know who else here, but it's like, you know, you know. Yeah, so Mal, you'll it. share it in the link. We'll share it in the link. I'll share it in the link. It's just so beautiful and so powerful to me. I think the words 
are the words of Elul, right? It's a plea to God. Um, it's it's not, you know, la 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 happy. It's emotionally Ooh, maybe intense. Maybe we could do an RZ Spotify playlist Ooh, for Slichot. That would be nice. Oh, that would be nice. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Okay. Um, so we'll again, I find the, I find the words really powerful. I find the tune really powerful, and it's just it's just Elul to me. It's just Elul. Okay, Johnny. Um, I actually wrote a post about this a couple of days ago. Um, though there's a tune I actually found out it's, it was composed by uh, somebody called Joshua Abras, and there's a tune for the words of Mochel Avonot in in the in the precursor of the Yugimul Midot Kel Melech Hosheva Kisev Achamim and Hegbe Chatzut Mochel Avonot Amam Avir Rishon Rishon, and there was there was a particular tune uh, which, for reasons that it's hard to explain, speaks to me speaks to me very very deeply. It, it's both heartfelt uh, and, and kind of guttural. It comes from the depths of, of the soul. Often there are younger people who take the solo, uh, who lead these words. And, um, and as mentioned, it comes uh, just ahead of the Yigumidot, which already are this focal point of, of the Slichot. And saying how Kodesh is Maviri Shonishon. And you can visualize that, how Kodesh you know, removes piece by piece, one by one, the the offenses that the avonot that that we've done, and the chesed that Kodesh Baruch Hu does for us, that chesed, namely being tshuva, is something which is, is inspiring. So not only is a tune beautiful, and you can find a number of renditions of it, and I've uh, recently posted, and I'm happy to post them again. Wait, Johnny, say again. What's the name of the of the of the the composer, I believe, is Joshua Brass. But if you simply go into YouTube, Mochel Avonot, there are a number of different versions. Um, one which I particularly like because he's the son of a good friend of mine is Rafi Posner, uh, singing with the Shabbaton Choir, I think, um, in the UK. Um, but uh, Mochel Avonot. And, but also, that again, when you hear these words, you can imagine, you can see, you can visualize what it's telling us. How Kadosh Baruch Hu gracefully eases off our burdens by giving us the gift of tshuva. And that's really, I think, the main message of Slichot, that we can ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Slicha Mechila, that God gives us that opportunity and blesses us that uh, we can be forgiven and we can receive atonement. And that's what fills Asfardi and I hope an Ashkenazi with an with a energetic and, and inspired spirit as they read and sing during Slichot, which is the very fact I can do this is part of an extraordinary relationship, a love relationship between God and us, for which we're eternally thankful. So I'm going to share two songs that are, maybe I'm breaking the rules, which I always do. <laughs> I, two songs, I don't have songs that are meaningful to me to Slichot, because the ones that I go to, there's if even if I go on a like Motzei Shabbat, so it's slower and it's uh, nusach, and which I like, but not really singing. So I'm going to share two songs that I find particularly meaningful during uh, the Abim Noraim, and one of them is a is a song called Ochila Lael, a very famous piyut uh, Ochila mm-hmm. Lael, um, and that I you know my, my my children know I like it so much that I sing it as a Sudash Lishit song, Johnny. But they will only oh. let me during the Elul, during like near Elul. Like when we get to the past Tisha B'Av, then it's like, okay, now you can sing it because they, they get sick of it. What you've just done is confirm my entire 100%. Point, I agreed with every word you said. I love how you said it. Coming from a place is still connected to 100%, that place. 100%. But I, I, I'm very, I find connected to the words, the idea of the song of us. Mm-hmm. That we, we ask God for the words, for the right words in order to express our, our feeling and our passion and our desires. That there's that, that I, I don't even have the words to say what it is I want to say to you. And I find that very meaningful. I would, I'd like that very much. And I always feel like I want when the Chazan to, to say it, I want the Chazan to sing. It doesn't always do it, but whatever. Because it's a piece of Chazanut, basically. It's a, it's a piyut that the Chazan says as an introduction in Chazarat Hashat. So you either get lucky or if you happen to be the Chazan, then you could do it. Uh, and the other just, one that I like... Just to give you feedback... Uh, when I used to live in Yabinyamin, I used to go to the Batikim Minyan on Rosh Hashanah in the in Tzviya uh, Boys School, and uh, and that song was sung, and the whole Avira was extraordinary. 
I left Tefillah, I can't remember how many hours it was, but so buzzing. And I remember, it was my first year having made Aliyah, I thought, I don't think I've ever left Oshana Tefillah feeling like I've just received this incredible spiritual energy boost. But that's what song does, especially uh-huh. Tefillah El. The Shiva was rocking. Uh, yeah, now way, they're doing uh, it outside, unfortunately. By the way, there are, there are a whole bunch of songs, I think, that do that. I think Ojeda's that. Got one more? Think, got okay, one go more? Ahead. You can come back? And I the will. other one that I really have gotten really very connected to is the second half of Unitana Tokev. Unitana Tokev has its own meaning for everyone, and Tshuva, and Tfila, and Zedaka. Uh, and it's very heavy. Like, mi, chiam, yam, we all know it's heavy. But the second half is, they sing, they started singing, Rabbi Yoed Aroni, like, started singing the Avram feed of Ki Lotachbots Bemotamet. And uh, it's very beautiful in rendition. And I always find it meaningful, first of all, like, you know, like the spiritual high, but because we say to God, uh, that in the end, we trust that God understands and forgives our, forgives our sins because we're human. And he made us human and he understands that we have human frailty. And I always, I, th- th- those are two beauty. I always like, after I discovered that song and we sing it together as a community, I, I, found, I find much more meaning from the second yeah. half of Unitan Tatakokev than from the first half, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. Yeah, Johnny, you wanted to say something. Those are my two I, I, songs. I'll just say one interesting thing. And, until this year, I've uh, been teaching at Mahomayan. And for a period of five, six years, we were there for Oshana. They asked us to go, and it was really nice. And we went as a family. And uh, I remember the first year they said, okay, Johnny, we want you to give explanations during the Roshanat Filot. I said, what do you mean? I don't talk during that. That's not what I do. And they said, yeah, but the girls need these explanations to be very beneficial. So I put together a whole bunch of explanations for first day, second day, with different themes, different mafarshim. And something remarkable happened. Not only do the students really love them, uh, and obviously these weren't my ideas, I'm just a conduit. But the adults who were there, the teachers, who had for many years been to regular Shanat Filot, and though, of course, they daven with great passion, they so appreciated having a meaningful explanation before we got to it. And often we think explanatory services are for those who are less knowledgeable. Truth is, explanatory services, if done right, uplift and enrich everybody. And often the people who thanked me the first were the teachers who, who've been davening you know, with great uh, energy and enthusiasm for many, many years. They said, wow, those explanations really change things. It's not a plug. I don't do it with my community at all. But it's to say, as we're coming up to the Yamim Noraim, I mentioned before, maybe we do need to do explanatory slichot, but Rosh Yom Kippur is coming up. Help people connect to those words. Those words in Tantokef, they're extraordinary. They're stunning. With the new Mahsorim, including that of Rabbi Sachs, it certainly makes a big difference. But we can help people direct them towards words that are meaningful to them. Molly, we're going to wrap it up with you. You wanted to share something. Yeah, I just wanted to share that um, if you're, you're talking about tunes like Ochila, I feel like you. First of all, I have like a whole Elo playlist, so I won't share my entire Elo playlist with people. I think maybe we could do it. You can do like that Spotify on, um, idea. We can do yeah, a Spotify yeah, playlist so and many, share it on the feed. I feel like you can't not also mention Machnisei Rachamim, which is like Alchila. I think was like three years mm. ago's hit. Machnisei Rachamim was maybe well, again. There's Corona, so like put, add, add a year to everything. Two or three years ago's hit. You know that song? Again, I, maybe we can add that. No, I don't. You do. I you know it. If you would hear the tune, you would know it. it is, was it an Avram Fried song? No, no, no. It's. I don't know who started it. You can look for it again. Every, everybody's everything was done by Yitzhak Meir. But that also, when that when that tune comes into um, the tefillah, it, it just it transforms the environment. Um, you're talking about machnis. What's that again? You're talking about in slichot. So the machnis arachim is one of the slichot, right? So I davka um, skip. I davka don't say yes, those words exactly. because there's a problem. I know. So you have to change them and not say that you're asking the the. Wait, will well, you change the words so you can sing the tune? Not me. How about, no, I don't do that. How about the Ramon and the Yeshiva changes the words so they can say the pilots? That's what's happening. But once that's happening, that's I don't know. Soon. I think there's a slippery slope there. What you start changing words, you okay, never so know. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, you know. Now all of a sudden, I'm the like you know advocate for change. But anyway, um, the tune, that was a right? quick turnaround. I can't believe it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, the point is that <laughs> tune that Johnny was just humming in the background. If Johnny gets to the nine 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 part. You'll hear hey, it. Johnny, I missed the I missed the tune. I missed. Go to the nine 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 part. That's the boring part. But then it's. So that's the boring part. You have to get to the. 
I can't. Right. I'm not going to sing it on the podcast. No, you're right. I do know that one. Yeah, keep going. No, okay. That one? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's the end. But then there's a there's a, there, there's a, like a bridge. It's beautiful. Um, also has become, I think, like has moved people in a way that's which again I, I can't sing it. Wait, um, when is that? When is where, where is that in? The where studio? do you say that? It goes backwards alphabetically. I don't think it's a slichot. I think it's it's somewhere from the tefilot, from the tefilot mm. of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. It's beautiful. There's a, there's a beautiful, beautiful tune to that. Um, and can I just jump to my hamlatsa? Because this was going to be my hamlatsa. Yes. Okay. You mine already. I'm doing hamlatsa. Okay. Right. So my hamlatsa. Johnny's got it. <laughs> I had two hamlatsa. One of them was I want to say kol kavod to me, Rav Michaeli for having a child with Lior Schlein. Seriously, I know that sounds bizarre. People don't know who she is. She is a radical feminist, and she would call herself that. She doesn't. She believes like she she would like be open to having the state raise children. She never wanted a child, but she just had a child through Punzakaut because her husband wanted one. And I think that that is such an, for, you know, I think people are so binary about like, well, if I'm a radical feminist, then, then only my opinion counts. And, and it doesn't matter what, you know, my body, my choice is what the man wants. And here is a woman who is such a radical feminist that she doesn't really believe in childbirth because she thinks it takes away from a woman's ability to be a full, you know, empowered human. She had a child because her husband really wanted a child. Shout out, call a to somebody who I disagree with on 99.9% of positions. That's not my hamatsa. I just wanted to, that was my first hamatsa. My second and my real hamatsa is a, um, a version of Rabbi Amital's Vatahir Libenu. Also, you'll find it on YouTube. Um, so it was redone by somebody named Yoni Ganut. Ganot? Gimel Yoni Ganut. Ganut. Yeah. Okay. So it, you can't, anybody who's ever davened and heard of Amital sing Vatahir Libenu, especially in Amim Noraim, I mean, he would break down and cry, I think, every, every year at some point during Vatahir Libenu. Um, it is Rav Amital. And so Yoni Ganut did a version of it, updated it beautifully, but it has clips of Rav Amital singing in it. So it's, it's just, at least for me, incredibly powerful. So that would be my Hamatzah. Johnny, do you have Hamatzah or you want to leave it for this week and save for next week? My Hamlatsa is going to be, uh, I'm going to be uploading these these words about the Slichot or Shonen Yom Kippur Tfilot over Rabbi Sachs with some recordings. Uh, I, I think it will transform people's Yamim Noraim, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so thanks very much. I'm Rabbi Neet Malibraski. I'm Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Uh, I want to thank uh, my son for creating our music. I want to thank our secret... Uh, tech support in, uh, in Gush Etzion for his help. We'll see how the sound comes out. We'll see how the sound comes out. And uh, this is RZ Weekly. Please give us a great rating. Please share with your friends. Have a great weekend.